Hey, what is going on, everyone? It's me, Mr. Mario, and welcome back to another episode of Mario's Minute. In case you do not know, this is a podcast I do here on a couple places. First of all, I do it on the Mr. Mario 2011 YouTube channel, where there's not all too much going on, at least visually. It's just a screenshot or, I guess, photo of my art and such on here, and a cool-looking visualizer. At least, I think it's pretty cool. And, of course, it's available as a actual podcast on most major podcasting apps and platforms. Simply look up Mario's Minute. You can subscribe wherever you are able to find it, which is on most places. As I said, I know we're not on all places, but most of them. And you can take this around with you like an actual podcast. Now, this is a second podcast I do here on the channel. Uh, the first one and my main one, I would say, is Mod Chat, in which I talk about modding and things that might be interesting and related to modding. And this one, I kind of just talk about really whatever the hell I want to. So sometimes I have a guest on, sometimes I don't. I try try and alternate and do it every other month and last month I did have a guest on who was Blaine Locklear who is an absolutely fantastic guest so if you're wanting to know more about him listen to some fun stories and all that get that good banter in you can definitely check that out so this month is going to be a solo episode and uh, I you know I it's funny enough it's one of those things where I feel like I've been busy this month but at the same time I've kind of struggled to bring up a few things. I'm just like, what am I going to talk about this month on here, man? I'm not sure what I'm going to be talking about. But I, I did get a few things nonetheless. So we can just hop into this here. Now, this is something I, I guess I found this here interesting. And this is telling, I'm sure. And maybe I have a few things to say about it. Now, this is actually something that a few people asked me to cover in Mod Chat, and I said, well, I actually didn't really hear all that much about it. I know that this existed, but I didn't know all too much info, and even right now, it seems like info is still a little bit scarce on this, and it's still unfolding as we're talking about. So, this is actually in regards to the PlayStation 3, and again, typically something I'm not going to talk about on this podcast, but I still want to discuss it on here. I'm going to have this linked in the video description on the YouTube upload because I'm going to be referencing a threat post uh, post or article on here. And it's called PS3 Players Ban Latest Victims of Surging Attacks on Gaming Industry. And this is shocking because, I mean, just for anyone from, you know, from the outside looking in, uh, the PlayStation 3, whether we like to think so or not, it's an old system. This is from 2006. It's going to be 15 years old here within the next few months, all right? I mean, it's two generations behind. We've had the PlayStation 4 and now the PlayStation 5 are out. So uh, a lot of people, I'm sure, are shocked. They're like, wait, PS3? What are we talking about? So apparently, based on this, it looks like there was a, I, I guess there was a hack or something that happened, and apparently Sony somewhere had left a folder that had every single PlayStation 3 console ID left unsecured. Now, I haven't seen this video as it's in Spanish, so I'm not a Spanish speaker, I did not check it out, and it seems to have been reported by the Wiz Wiki. Two months ago, apparently. Now, I don't know who was doing the hack. I'm not sure what was facilitating it or even how he had gotten this information on here. But for anybody who does not know, the console ID of a PlayStation 3, it's an individual identifier that every single console has. Uh, and it's similar to every console that's out there. So, for example, the Xbox 360, it has a key vault. The original Xbox, to get on Xbox Live, it had a EEPROM that you would program. And, like, for example, in that EEPROM, there was a hard drive key. 
and uh, or just like you know all all the console specific. That's what I'm saying. All these files I'm talking about: a console ID, a key vault, uh, an EEPROM. These all contain console specific information, which can like include but is not limited to, uh, you know, the make and model when it was manufactured, what disk drive, what hard drive it had in there, the serial number, the MAC address. Um, it just has all of that. So when a console ban ends up happening on any of these consoles, and this is old and new, like including the Switch as well too. Uh, the switch has pretty much a prod info section there. Uh, whenever a ban ends up coming down on one of these consoles, that specific sensitive file pertaining to that console is what is blacklisted on the server side. So if you have a modified system, there are ways on several of these consoles that you can, you know, get out of this and unban yourself. Uh, for example, the Xbox 360, if you have a hard modded system, or even if you have some of the original ones that have a Type 1 Key Vault, I want to say. I think it was Type 1 Key Vault, so like a Xenon. If you're able to pair it to your console-specific CPU key, you can actually replace the Key Vault on your system and get back online, at least until you're banned. The PlayStation 3, for example... From what I know, I'm sure it's hard to do if you can do it, but from what I know, it's really not standard practice to flash a new console ID to the console. Uh, really, if you're playing online and you get banned, what you can do is you can jailbreak the system, and then you can go out and you could obtain a, a console ID from a different console, which is clean, and apply it to your system. And then when you boot up the console, you run some homebrew applications that will then, when the homebrew is running it will apply the console ID, the new one, to your banned system, therefore spoofing it to look like a whole different system, which is clean, and then you can get back online. Now, all of these, they're all very sought after, uh, just because, you know, on PlayStation 3, console is still getting banned for various reasons. Most time it's like custom firmware related stuff. The Xbox 360, if you have a JTAG or RGH or any type of hard modded system, same thing, those are getting banned as well too. So this all happens. So if you have a folder, if you get access to a folder that literally has every single console ID on there, just non-secured, I, I mean, that's big. And you can still make some money off that as well too. Because some people might be asking, where do you get these console IDs from? Uh, well, you can either dump them yourself if you have access to like a dead console and you have the know-how. Or you have access to a console that's working and you're able to dump all the information yourself. Uh, that's fine as well too. However, when it comes down to all of this, uh, yeah, there's still money to be made on there. There are people who will gather these console IDs, these KVs, whatever it is, and they're going to be reselling them for a few bucks. I actually don't know how much PS3 console IDs are because I've never looked into that market in all honesty. However, let's get back to this here now that I've explained that. Uh, this was about two months ago. It looked like this hack happened and... Now we're getting more reports of it. Uh, we're, we're seeing the effects of it is what I mean. So it even states on here, now several weeks later, players on PlayStation Network message boards are complaining that they can't sign on and are receiving the error message 807-1006. After enabling two-factor authentication, one player was able to sign back in without issue according to the PS3 subreddit, which includes a link to instructions on how to opt into two-factor authentication on the PlayStation 3. 
that's kind of fine. Maybe there was just something Sony was seeing on their side. Their automated system was saying like, hey, there's something weird going on here. You need to, you know, set up 2FA on here. But there's even been other people who have said, yeah, my console is completely fine. I'm not messing around. I'm not doing anything. And the console got banned. Um, I can verify it's the console, not the account, because I can use the account on another PS3. I can use it on my PS4. I can use it on my PS5. But it's only this specific PS3 that I haven't modded on. I haven't done anything that has been banned. So I have... Man, I've never seen something like this. Um, I'm even thinking about the Xbox 360. I've never seen anything like this. Maybe the the closest is like technically it was an unbanning uh, on the Xbox 360 at one point. I believe it was the Call of Duty Black Ops Resurrection map pack. And I don't remember if that was on Black Ops 1 or 2. But apparently the story goes that when the Resurrection map pack came out... Right when it came out, like the first like day at least that it came out, it was randomly flagging consoles for anti-piracy 2.5 violations. Now, the only way you really end up, you know, raising that flag on your system is if you're playing a burned copy of a game that has anti-piracy 2.5 on it and it hasn't been patched properly and you've been playing that or it's like an outdated patch or something. Uh, outdated security sectors on the disc is what I'm saying. So... Uh, people were getting banned because I'm sure on Microsoft's side it was very much, oh, there's like a hundred people who are, you know, playing a pirated copy of Black Ops, so ban them. But then the number kept growing and growing and growing, and yeah, it ended up turning out that there was something that happened, and just players at random were getting flagged for this just because they paid for and downloaded that map pack. So what Microsoft ended up doing was they actually ended up reversing the bans on those systems. I believe it was something like they had contacted people affected and they said, yes, your console has been banned. We've unbanned you. I don't think they did account bans, but I'm pretty sure they did a console unban. And they also ended up giving them like three months worth of Xbox Live or like $20 worth of Microsoft points. It was something like that. It was like $20 or $30 worth of, you know, free stuff as just as a apology. And I remember that too, because uh, there were some people who were saying, hey, I just got an email saying that my console was unbanned and it got banned like eight months ago. So, I mean, that's kind of cool, but hey, and some people even said there's like, yeah, I got that email too. And I, I don't even own that system. The system got banned and then I sold it. So uh, this is, this is interesting though. I'm really wanting more info on this uh, just because even so, I think uh, threat post, they did reach out to Sony. They didn't get anything extra on there, unfortunately. But the thing I just thought of as well is like one, all right, shit, this, this is a thing, unfortunately. Like it, it's, it's awful for the people, you know, who have, who, who aren't involved in this and who have their consoles banned. Uh, the second thing on here is the PS3 just can't catch a break. It was supposed to be, you know, this super secure system and of getting jailbroken every which way. Uh, then, you know, the anonymous, well, not, but like, the, the, you know, the, the it was said to be anonymous, but it, it really wasn't. It was the, like the, the takedown where like when PlayStation Network got taken down, geez, 10 years ago. And that was on the PS3. And that like really eroded a lot of confidence and really was a bad look for Sony. Um just imagine that even to this day, I've actually had this discussion a few times recently, but it's like, if Xbox Live, if Nintendo, uh, if even PlayStation Network, if any of those services announced that they got hacked and people had credit cards, like credit card uh, credentials that were stolen and such, and that the network itself would be down for like three to five weeks, that would be 
absolutely unacceptable in 2021. Um, it was bad in 2011. Like, don't get me wrong, in 2011, it was bad. But I feel like there is pretty much no tolerance for it at this point. If one of those companies, like, ju- just imagine, I like you listening, I just want you to imagine, imagine you're on your PS4, PS5, and all of a sudden, like now, current day, Sony comes out and says, hey, uh, our network got hacked, especially if it was again, but it's like our network got hacked and we have to take everything down and rebuild and you can't connect for about three to four weeks. People would have no tolerance for that at this point, especially because there's been examples like, oh, I don't know, the PS3 from 2011 that we should have learned from and companies should have learned from. So this is just like, as the PS3 is exiting, as it's obviously being sunset, as the the stores were going to be taken down so you couldn't purchase any new things, this is just like the cherry on top. It's like, oh, by the way, as a nice parting present, every single PlayStation 3 console ID has been leaked out because somebody hacked into us and we had every single console ID available plain text on <laughs> in a folder. I shouldn't be laughing, but I, there's just something so awfully ironic to that. My goodness, <laughs> man. All right. So that's it about for the PS3 that I have on there. I did want to tell a little bit of a personal story here, right? So I have like a big stack of games that I've been trying to sell, you know? Um, and it's all stuff that I either like really don't care about. And it's like, how do I say this? people will say that for their their games their consoles all that like you know you 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 hear people i'm sure you've done this as well too where there's like that one game or like that collection of games you had and you sold it and then years later you regret it no it's it's not that here see the stuff i'm selling they're all duplicate games so it doesn't touch my collection at all if anything it's taking up space because it's like i've told one of my friends i'm like Dude, I don't need, like, four copies of Grand Theft Auto 3 on the PlayStation 2, but they just pile up over the years, you know, from from pickups and all that. And the other games are, like, sports games, like, yearly sports games. I don't care about yearly sports games in the slightest. I don't play them. I don't try to collect them. I, I just don't care for them at all. So all the games I am selling, it's really not impacting or touching my collection. It's more just stuff that I've had around, like stuff I picked up for cheap, or like even times like there's a game I get and then I get a one in better condition. So I keep the better condition one in my collection. I'm going to sell off the one that's in lesser condition. So I decided to finally put this stuff up for sale. And I say finally because I was supposed to sell this stuff like a year ago. And then, you know, just I, I just had some run-ins, uh, n- nothing like horrible, mind you. But point is, some personal shit happened, really knocked the wind out of my sales, literally and figuratively, uh, you know, S-A-I-L and S-A-L-E, of course. But uh, it was about a month ago, I finally started selling my games and selling uh, a few things. And what ended up happening with it is I'm doing it on eBay. And I ended up getting, I've had this account for so long, uh, I had my first ever negative feedback. And, you know, I'm going to be honest with you all. It stung a little bit, all right? Uh, so what happened was I put up a game for sale. And I took pictures. I I mean, to me, the disc looked fine. I even said, you know, disc looks great. So uh, it, it sells for, you know, a little bit of money. It wasn't a super valuable game. Uh, I, you know, print out the shipping label, pop it on a package, pop the game into the package, close it up, drive over somewhere, drop it off, don't think anything of it. A few days later, I noticed that my feedback was like, my feedback number was like one lower than I remembered. 
So I looked, and to my shock, there was a negative feedback. And it was pretty much the seller say, or the buyer saying that the disc was absolutely littered in scratches, even though I said it was in great condition, which, like, it was, it was fine. I had a photo of it and everything on the listing as well, too. But they said it was littered with scratches. I had to put it in a bunch of times. It barely loaded. In fact, I am not even confident that I will be able to finish this game. And I get that, right? Like, my, first of all, I was like, this guy, like, no, that that's not the case. But I also don't want to just come out and be like, yeah, the buyer's a liar. Because maybe they did run into these issues. Maybe something happened with the disc. Maybe, maybe what was looking good to me, maybe they end up taking a microscope to it and they're like, oh, it's littered with scratches. Different definitions of conditions on there. Uh, maybe their disc drive didn't work as well because the, the game was working fine on my end, but maybe their disc drive wasn't working as well. So there was a bunch of different things, but I guess the thing that annoyed me more was that I even specifically like put on there, it's like, hey, um, not like on the listing, but it was just a thing with it. It's like, if there's an issue with this, the the sell the buyer has 30 days to return it to me and even so i'm the type of person when it comes to uh amazon when it comes to ebay but i'm just going to use ebay at this point i don't remember ever leaving negative feedback because if i run into an issue with a product like if i pay for something i want and i run into an issue with it i contact the seller and the most I have ever gone, the first I've ever gone is I have escalated to eBay before to get a return or to get a refund of some kind, but I've never left negative feedback because I always try to work with the seller. So typically, like, let's say if a situation like this happened, I would reach out and I'd be like, hey, dude, I, I got the game. It's scratched up. It barely works. Uh, I, I want the game. Like, what's going on? And then the seller and I would end up arranging something where either I return the disc to them or I or they ship out a new one or maybe they even just refund me. They're just like, here's your money back. Just keep it. Sorry about that. Because uh, sometimes that can happen as well, too, which is which is nice when it happens, because then at that point you have your money and you have the thing and you can, you know, fix it and all that stuff. So I try and reach out to them. Uh, if they don't respond, which has happened before, I've been ghosted or I've just been ignored on there. At that point, I then escalate it to eBay. And I'd say half the time, the person ends up responding. And the other half of the time, they try and be smart and they try and ghost me. But if they, you know, eBay, they even say, it's like, hey, if you and the seller are not able to come to a resolution, please ask eBay to step in. And every single time I've asked them to step in, they end up siding with the buyer. And then I'm able to get my money back somehow. Typically, it's something like they send me a prepaid shipping label, and then I just ship the item back. And once it's confirmed to be back there, then I get my money back. And it's forced by eBay, so the seller doesn't have an option at this point. So that's typically how it goes. Uh, that, that's also happened as well, too, when there's been like items that I could not get, unfortunately. Um, like I, I buy something that just never shows up and the seller's not responding to me and all that fun stuff. Uh, but I've never left a negative feedback. So I'd even said on there, because you can like reply, I even said something like, the, the condition was as described, the photos were shown on the listing, and if the seller had an issue with it, they could have contacted me, I would have been happy to figure it out, and this product does have a 30-day return policy. So any of that could have been contacted or exercised. And I even did contact the seller or the buyer. Excuse me, I'm so used to selling. On, well, I'm so used to buying, <laughs> reversing. But I did contact the person who purchased this for me. 
And I said, hey, uh, yo, sorry to hear that you're having an issue with this. I didn't have any issues on my end, but, and I didn't say that, like, that specifically, but I just said, like, I'm sorry to hear that you're having this issue with the disc here. If you're still having an issue and you're not satisfied with the product, please let me know. I'll be happy to initiate a return and you can send it back over to me. Uh, otherwise, if there's another, if there's any other ideas that you have, let me know. And guess what? I never got a response back. And I, 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 I feel like a part of me just thinks like this person just wanted to be, <laughs> this person just wanted to be a little bit miserable that day. And they decided to do that because I guess in my head, I'm not making the connection for me. If I purchase something, whether it's from eBay or from Amazon or from a brick and mortar store, if I go out and I purchase something with my own money, it could be $2. It could be $200. If I bring it back to my place and it doesn't work, you bet your ass I'm trying to get my money back, whether that be, you know, returning it or just getting a straight refund or even just exchanging it for a working version of that thing, whatever it is. I'm not going to let that go. So if they didn't want to contact me right off the rip and they just left negative feedback, that's poor form, but whatever. But I guess the connection that I don't make is like I've replied on there. I've also contacted them directly and they... If the thing is broken, I just don't understand why you would want to waste your money on that, especially if they are trying to make it right with you. Because as I said, for me, if I buy something and it's defective, I either want a working version of that thing or I just want my damn money back. I'm not just going to sit there and stew on it and be like, nope, even though I have the ability to return it for another 28 days, I'm just going to keep it here and I'm going to be mad that it's broken and I'm not going to get my money back. I guess I just don't understand that logic. So I'm hoping... That, uh, <laughs> that I will never have a negative feedback again. Uh, my score is still very strong because I have bought a lot of stuff on eBay. I've sold a few things over the years, and I have a pretty old account. So one negative feedback out of everything that's really not going to taint it, but it is a little bit annoying. So as I said, that stings. And I would say the next time it's not going to hurt as much, but I don't want there to be a next time. I really don't. <laughs> so th there's that. There's that whole thing. Now, next up, I do have uh, another, uh, you know, piece of news here that I wanted to talk about a little bit. And uh, this is going to be, again, I'm going to put this link down below in the uh, YouTube description. But this is from Gaming on Linux, and they state, Grand Theft Auto 3 and Vice City Reverse Engineered Code is back up on GitHub, which is an absolutely fantastic piece of news to know about. Now, in case anybody does not know, this is talking about RE3 as well as REVC, and I'm even looking at this on GitHub. Uh, they have a branch, yep. They also have, so they have the master branch, which is RE3, which was the, uh, you know, reverse engineered version of Grand Theft Auto 3. Uh, they also have the Miami branch, that is uh, REVC, and they also have the LCS branch, which is still being made right now. It's still being reverse engineered, but that is the reverse engineering effort of Liberty City Stories. Now, this is very exciting because uh, this is talking about reverse engineering these games. So they were doing clean room reverse engineering on here uh, where they were taking Grand Theft Auto 3 in this instance and they were reversing it to understand how it worked uh, to really be able to re-implement, like build their own EXE of Grand Theft Auto 3 and bring over the assets from Grand Theft Auto 3 so they could have like an open source version. And at that point, they can... 
they can control the source code because it's open source. They can control everything there. Now, RE3 and REVC are really awesome. And in my opinion, if you're going to play Grand Theft Auto 3 or Grand Theft Auto Vice City in 2021 on your PC, uh, don't mess with any other patches or any of that other fun stuff. You get the game. You get RE3 or REVC. You patch it. Like you, you pretty much it's just you download the files, you copy paste them into your directory, and you run that exe, and that is it. There are so many awesome benefits on there, so many fixes, and again, then it's just a really cool open source project that you can use. But even what I'm saying is just as an end user, these are really good projects. Now, unfortunately. Uh, they've been worked on for several years. And when I say unfortunately, it's that they had their first like final release. Like it, it got to a point where reverse engineering was done. And by that, I mean, yes, there's still going to be additions. There's still going to be fixes. There's still going to be, uh, you know, changes to the code that's going to be made. But it got to a point that the developers said, this is done. This is complete. Like we're ready for prime time. We can release this. We're good to go. And afterwards, any other fixes or additions are just kind of going to be a bonus here. Now, at least it was weighted for that, but the first release came out. And funny enough, I actually even had a video that I was working on for this. And uh, I'll survey the landscape. I might still do it here. Uh, we'll see. But it was going to be pretty much showing how to, you know, set up RE3 and REVC on PC. I've done a RE3 NX review, which is the Grand Theft Auto 3 port. For the Nintendo Switch, which is awesome. However, when it comes down to this, the reason why I'm bringing this up is because uh, this was taken down. This project was taken down by Take Two, and a few months ago, there was actually a fork of this project that uh, it was a DMCA takedown, and the fork developer ended up appealing the DMCA takedown. Take Two never responded, and they got the code put back up there. Which is good news that Take-Two did not respond because the only way they can keep that code down is if they initiate a lawsuit. However, the main developers behind the RE3 project end up saying they're just like, yeah, that guy shouldn't have done that. Um, that's kind of putting this at risk. Behind the scenes, we've been trying to be quiet, but we've actually been getting a lot of pro bono help. And we've been kind of assembling a, a case, if you will, so that if we do have to fight this, we will be prepared to, you know, talk with Take-Two and figure this out. But we are in the, we're getting our ducks in a row right now, and we were going to submit a takedown counterclaim on here. Like, we were going to appeal this, and this person doing it with the fork might have just compromised it. Thankfully, it did not. And from what I see on here, in short, that's what ended up happening. They got, like, uh, I guess the RE3, the GTA modding team, they ended up getting a DMCA takedown on this repository, this RE3 repository. Well, after they became prepared and all that, and they decided to do this, they did take it very seriously. They were prepared, they got their ducks in a row, and they put in a appeal. So pretty much going back to take two through GitHub and saying, uh, we don't agree with this. We don't agree with this DMCA copyright notice takedown. Uh, we believe this is, you know, proper. This has been clean. We have not stolen your code. We're not publishing any of your code. This has been done through reverse engineering, through clean room efforts. So everything is above board. Everything is all good to go here. And Take-Two didn't allow it, 
but Take-Two did not respond. And since they did not respond in the time allocated by GitHub, GitHub ended up reinstating the repository. So that's how that all happened. So this is cool. Like, this doesn't mean... Unfortunately, this doesn't mean like it's all clear, all good to go, because you have to kind of look at the landscape. Um, even I believe it was I, I, you know, I don't even want to say who it was. I just know it was one of the developers, and I don't want to like you know put a name out there who doesn't belong. But one of the developers, they were even interviewed about this, like when this takedown happened. They said like this take this this project's been around for several years, and we never heard a peep. We never heard anything from Rockstar or Take Two. And a few months prior, when somebody ended up porting this on the Switch. We didn't hear anything from them and nothing was taken down. And so we thought we were all good. So we were just as shocked as everyone else when we completed the project and take two ended up hitting it after a few days, they ended up taking it down. So what I mean by this is this doesn't mean they're completely in the clear. This just means that take two did not like this project. They took it down with a DMCA takedown. The developers believe that this DMCA takedown was not correct so they appealed it and take two just decided to ghost on them typically how do i say this a lot of times if there's like actions like this that are happening if it's just these takedowns it would just be if there's like a lot of news going on and because this has kind of died down for a while now i guess they don't really care as much also these are older games uh because even i looked at it no RE3 videos were ever taken down. Tons of people were doing re-uploads. Those ones weren't taken down. Uh, what else was going on? There's just other projects that I've seen that haven't been taken down on there that have been kind of sort of related to this. So I'm happy. It doesn't sound like it. I know it sounds like I'm a little bit confused. Um, I'm certainly happy with this output here. Uh, it's better than having it just completely taken down on this. Uh, but I do believe that this project is fine uh, as long as, you know, reverse engineering is allowed on here. And as long as the original source code was not looked at, was not referenced, was not touched, uh, then this is fine. If it was all clean room reverse engineering, this is all good, uh, especially because they weren't uh, they were putting out, you know, the uh, the source code itself. So everything is above board on there. Uh, then even the pre-compiled binaries and such, those should, for the most part, be fine as long as it's all, you know, from open source, clean room reverse engineered code is what I mean. Uh, plus, these were not distributed with the game. They weren't distributed with uh, game assets is what I'm saying. You still had to purchase your own copy of Grand Theft Auto 3 or Vice City. You then had to download this and essentially apply it like a patch uh, if you did not compile it yourself. So there we go. Yeah, that, that's that's all good. But, you know, I, I'm, I guess wrapping it up here, I'm happy to see that back. So that's been pretty great to see. <laughs> so on here... I uh, did want to talk about my dog, Lily, for a little bit. So this has been one big thing for me, right? One big, big thing. So L Lily, I'm sure people have seen her in videos. They've seen her on my social media. They've just seen her over the years. And one thing I really haven't talked much about 
is that Lily does not like other dogs. Uh, she did at one point, but then I've kind of steered her away because she has attacked other dogs, unfortunately. Uh, I have had to break up dog fights. I don't like doing it. I don't want to hurt anyone or anything. I don't want my dog to do that either. Um, so honestly, it's kind of one of those things like when, when a dog is running up on me and I'm walking Lily, I'm freaking out about it. And I'm yelling at the person, hey, you need to take your dog. And even if they say, hey, our dog is friendly, it's fine. I do scare them. I say, my dog will eat your dog. My dog will bite your dog. My dog will injure your dog. You need to get your dog now. And there's been several scary situations. I think like one of the scarier ones was pretty much like I was walking and this huge dog just big stupid dog and by that I mean it's like I mean the dog was stupid like literally uh did not recognize aggression was just huge and was coming towards me and even so like I don't want a dog like just lumbering running towards me really like I love dogs don't get me wrong but you don't know how that animal is going to react so they were coming at me and then uh I was kind of like dodging and everything and the owner comes over and I'm just like please get your dog get your dog you need to get them he gets out of his car and he's kind of trying and I mean, he was nice, don't get me wrong, but like, he was, he was even struggling to get his dog. And he was telling me, he's like, hey man, can you, can you help me get my dog? And I'm like, do you see the Tasmanian devil I have on a leash here who's going nuts? No, that's your dog. That's your property. You get your dog. Uh, so he's trying, he's trying. Then his dog runs off. He's like, sorry, dude, uh, let me do this. So he drives off and I start walking back to my place because I'm like, well, this dog is running loose all over the neighborhood. I don't trust this. I start walking back to my place and the dog is like way down over by where I live. And then it starts coming back towards me. Then there is a kid who's probably 14, 15 years old and he's on his scooter, like a, a motorized scooter. And he comes over and he's trying to get the dog. So I'm, I'm holding mine. This dog is trying to come towards Lily. Then this kid is there and I keep telling him like, dude, you need to get your dog. Okay. Get your dog. And I'm kind of getting firmer as well. I'm like, get your dog, like get your dog. What is going on? And he couldn't, he, for some reason, he, I, I don't know if he was like kind of afraid or what, uh, but he just didn't feel comfortable. He wasn't able to get the dog. So his dad comes back in with the car and he pretty much just like hops out the vehicle and he yells at his son. He's just like, damn it. Just get him, get the dog. And his son's like, I don't know what to do. He's like, okay, well, don't just stand there and stare at him. Jump on him. Grab him. Do something. And that the dad pretty much said what I was thinking there. So the dad comes back over. He's trying to get this giant, like, Great Dane or something of a dog. And the thing is, I keep trying to head back to my place. And this other dog is going that same direction as well. So even the dad, he's just like, Hey man, you know, you can just, just, just make, just go, just go, just go. We got this. Just go. And I was like, I can't because your dog is where I live. Like that's, that is my destination. That's where your dog is. He, he is in front of my place right now. That's where I need to go. I can't escape. You need to get your dog. <laughs> and, uh, so there's just been very unpleasant situations like that, that have happened. That's been one of the, the, the worst ones there. Um, however, because of all of that, it's been one of those things I haven't really talked about all too publicly here, um, just because it's not super pleasant to talk about. And thankfully, like, Lily's been all good. Like, dogs she's gone in scuffles with, they've been fine, but it's always a scary situation. So one of my good friends has a Shiba Inu puppy who is, oh, this dog is what? Wow, nine months old at this point? Yeah, this this puppy is nine months old. 
And she's had this idea. She's just like, oh, well, they need to meet. They should meet. They should meet. And I just tell her, I'm like, no, no. Like, you can come over and play with my dog. I'll go over and play with your dog. They're not going to meet. Because, like, you're – because she's concerned because she wants her puppy to be more socialized. And I'm like, well, my dog might not be the best. Like, Lily might not be the best to socialize with uh, because of these issues that she has, uh, because of, like, the traumas, because of how she reacts and I had said, I was like, I would hate myself if my dog, att- like if my dog killed your dog, like my dog can eat your dog. And I've helped her with, uh, cause having a puppy to her has been pretty new. So I've, I've helped her out quite a bit with this whole endeavor. Uh, however, we've tried a few things actually. Uh, at one point this was, you know, admittedly, this is a little bit of an emotional moment for me because one other thing is that. I, I adopted Lily. I adopted her from a shelter when she was two years old, and she was in pretty sorry shape. Like, she had heartworms. She had never been to a vet for two years, so she had to get all this vet work done. And uh, she'd had, like, previously, she had ticks, she had fleas. She had been all good at that point. She was even pregnant. She had six puppies as well, and she was just barely a puppy herself. So she she had a really rough, you know, dog life there. However... From what I know, like, she has those maternal instincts. She knows how to handle, like, puppies. And I've even read things as well, too, where it's like, there's been dogs that have been like her. And if you get them a puppy to bond with, they, they're they okay with the puppy. So what happened was my friend had an idea. She was just like, hey, because, like, one day I had, you know, my dog with me. She said, I'm going to crate up my dog. I'm going to put my dog in her kennel. You bring your dog in. So we tried that because we we did kind of a vice versa thing. It was several months ago. She kind of did the same thing at my place, and Lily was super jealous. She was not too happy that I was given another dog any kind of attention. And then we did this, and the the opposite happened. So what happened was, like, Lily was kind of going around my friend's place, like, sniffing around. And even though this puppy was, like, howling and barking, she only cared, like, halfway. She was pretty aloof about it. And half of her didn't seem to care. Half of her was kind of just sniffing out a new area and a new environment. But the other half of her that did care showed no aggression, did not bark, was interested, was really sniffing, which I did hold her back. I was like, I don't don't want you, like, biting her or anything. But if anything, like, at one point, Lily was just sitting in front of the cage that had this puppy in there and was just, like, happily wagging her tail and was just kind of, like, looking just just curious and it was just kind of an emotional moment for me because i'm like she is not there's no aggression here there's there's no issues on this so i actually ended up talking with one of my other best friends uh david i told him about i tried to describe it in you know detail he got back with me and he's someone i really trust with dogs and his tldr was pretty much that's cool that's good of lily i hope you ordered her really well but it might not be a good idea to continue going forward with that and I, I agreed with that. So lo and behold, a few days later, imagine my surprise when, like, at one point, like, my friend was coming over, and she did not listen to me at all. Uh, I'm, like, hearing a bunch of stuff downstairs. It's, like, some, some, like, just noises I don't normally hear. So imagine my horror when I go down, and I see that she brought her dog with her on a leash, and my dog is about two inches away from her dog, and they're sniffing each other. So I immediately, like, I go, I freak out, I I swear I probably had a PTSD look on my face, but I, I grabbed Lily's collar and I pulled her away, and my friend's saying, she's like, no, 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 it's fine, it's fine, just let them do this. I was like, no, we need to stop right now, I'm not doing this. She was like, no, 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 it's 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 fine, let them out, let, let them do this thing. 
And I pretty much, I literally told her, I was like, you haven't seen what I've seen. You have not seen what Lily's capable of. I, I'm very serious. I'm incredibly uncomfortable with this. And she was kind of just trying to reassure me. She's like, no, no, no. They were, they were fine. They were sniffing each other. Like they weren't aggressive. It's okay. I don't know what possessed me to do this, but I did end up letting Lily go. Like I, it was, it was in my kitchen area. I let go of her collar and I said, I was like, we have to eye them. We have to be ready for anything. And I told her, I said, cause you know, like leash aggression is a thing. And I know like Lily will kind of have that leash reactiveness and other dogs have it too. Cause there's been times like previously when I've had her, um, she has played with dogs before. And I remember once there was some dogs that ran up on her. Then she was kind of like, you know, just going nuts. And I told the owners, I'm like, Hey, I'm kind of freaked out. I'm kind of scared. And they told me, they said, unleash her, like unleash your dog right now. So I did. And she played with these two other dogs. This is years ago. So I did the same thing. And I told my friend, I said, unleash your dog. And we tried it. And would you, would you all believe that they were totally cool with each other? Like they were interested in each other. They were sniffing. Now that's not to say they've been hanging out more often. We've been pretty much trying to set up like play dates for these two dogs. Um, that's not to say they're perfect, mind you. The puppy is a puppy. She's pretty mischievous. She has used the bathroom around my place a few times, much to my friend's horror. And I just kind of say, I'm like, it's fine. Let's just clean it up real well. It, it, she's a puppy, okay? So, like, she's still learning, and it's a new place for her. Like, I can kind of understand this here. Um, but when it comes down to that as well, we ended up having, like, we were, you know, kind of having them socialize and everything, because she wants her puppy to socialize with other dogs a bit more. And for me, I'm like, well, I've never seen Lily like this. So even though she's older, she's six. I'm like, I still want to encourage this. Like, if they're going to play nicely, it's all good. And honestly, even when, when like, I observe them, when they hang out, when they do their stuff, uh, the puppy is pretty much, puppy just wants to play constantly. And the puppy is trying to test her limits. She's trying to test her boundaries and such. And Lily kind of seems more like a kind of sort of annoyed aunt or kind of sort of annoyed mom where she plays, she's patient and all that, but she does have a few times where there are squabbles. And I've noticed that every single time there's been a squabble where I pretty much hear just like something elevated, like yelping all of a sudden and there's kind of like a tangle of dogs, neither of them have gotten injured, neither of them have gotten hurt in any way, thankfully, and it's always the puppy that causes it. It could be something like puppy ends up just biting at Lily's butt really hard. And then Lily doesn't like that, of course. So that's what I mean, where it's like, she's still testing her limits and such. And even my friend was telling me, cause it, it actually happened today. Like, you know, even shortly before uh, I was recording this podcast where they got into kind of a squabble and she's like, no, 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 it's, it's not Lily's fault. It was my dog's fault. I, I need to train her better. And I still, like, even when I do, like, when I separate them, I try and separate them. You know, I get Lily into her crate. I get, you know, puppy into her kennel. And we just, we do it like that. Um, but because of that, I can leave my dog, you know, by herself in my place. I think that's fine. Uh, but I can't do that with this puppy because even if she's just alone, she's going to be mischievous. And even if they are together, and this just for anyone else knows well too, it's like if they will form a pack or something, that's great. But because of those like squabbles and such, and it always happens when either I or my friend, we turn our back for like three seconds and something will happen. <laughs> um, 
so, you know, I, I've kind of had this policy. I'm like, hey, as long as they are out, one of us has to monitor them. So even if, like, if you have to go to the bathroom, I'm going to monitor them or else I have to put them in their cages uh, and vice versa on there. So that it's been it's certainly been an experience. Uh, it's definitely been awesome to see my dog actually react positively to this and actually be, you know what, a damn good dog. She's been real great with it. She's definitely been a trooper. She's been able to uh, survive this. Uh, <laughs> um, how do I say just like. You, you you know, survive having just a small annoying puppy around. Uh, because from what I've gathered as well, too, from what I understand, because some people might wonder, like, hey, you know, when a dog has puppies and, you know, they are all adopted out or sold or something, do they get sad? And, like, I'm sure there is some sadness there, but a lot of people have also said, no, if anything, the, the mother dog seems kind of more relieved, if anything, because... You know, they they don't feel emotions the exact same way as humans do. It's more like, oh, thank goodness I don't have to take care of these things now. So it's certainly interesting to see. And it's just still learning about dog stuff. But I'm trying to be, you know, as careful as I can with this. <laughs> so I did have a game shop story I wanted to share. And for anybody who does not know, uh, this is something I like to do uh, on the solo episodes where I talk a little bit. Um it's pretty much like I worked at a local video game shop from ages 16 to 18. I worked there for just over two years. It was my first job, like, you know, like legally, like, hey, I'm registered somewhere. I got to pay taxes, like my first job job like that. Um, definitely very educational as well, too. But I actually don't want to tell a I, I don't want to tell a past story. I want to tell a present story. And by present, this is actually going to be a few months old now. I haven't told it until now. But I ended up going back to my old stomping ground where the shops were. Now, they were in a different town, a different city. And I actually ended up having to go there to get my COVID-19 vaccine. So it's been several months. Uh, so the first time, I just drove over. And um, like I went over there. I got my shot. I ended up leaving. And... I'm trying to even think how much I've shared this, but screwed, you know, we're just going to talk about it again, even if we did. So the second time, though, you know, I had to go back about three weeks later, something like that, and I end up going early. So I drove over, like I went to Target, I got some stuff, uh, but then I started checking out the old locations, and there used to be two shops, and the first one, which is the first one that, that opened and the last one that closed, uh, the first one I went there, and it is a completely different shop. And man, that was that was surreal to see. Uh, I do need to go back there again to actually. I want to go into this new shop. I think it might be like a smoothie store, so I don't know. It looked like a food place of some kind or like a health place of some kind. Uh, but I just want to go back in there just to like re-experience it because even from what I know, I worked at this shop, our first location. I started working there in 2009. I left in 2011, and throughout the years, I would go back and revisit sometimes. But the last several, several years, I have not gone back in there. And many people have told me, they're just like, dude, it's the same. Like, it looks the same as it did, like, 10 years ago. Uh, except they, you know, shoved PS4 games in there and shoved Xbox One games in there. So, I never got to see that. But I did, there were a few times the shop was closed. And I went there and I peeked in the windows and that was pretty true. It looked the exact same. Which is comforting and disheartening at the same time. 
Now, the second shop, which was our better one, our bigger one, and the first one to end up closing was, uh, well, the second shop at a different location. And I ended up driving over there as well, too. And, you know, I had a little bit of a moment there because it is vacant. And I was able to see through the windows. And I was just able to see um, there were certain things that were not taken, like pe- like fixtures and glass and just other things that weren't taken. And I just took a few photos. And, you know, that I think the only thing that I had there was I was looking. I was like, you know, I really regret not taking more photos of this place when it was, like, open and active and, you know, really going. Uh, because I would love if I could, like, go back in time, like, 10 years and just, like, just look at old photos of the game shop and compare them to now. But... I was able to see, I'm like, oh, wow, yeah, there's there's the imprints of the counters, there's the back counter we had, there's the little area we had for the game cartridges, the glass is still there, the, uh, I used to call it a museum, it was where we put, like, kind of our knickknacks and other little things that were kind of rare and cool, like, we had a virtual boy, we had a football that was signed by a bunch of players from a football team, uh, I called it the museum, at least, and then it kind of just, that, that name started floating around, and it, it stuck to it. Uh, but I did see, you know, the museum there. There was no, it, 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 the the structure was there, but the items were not there. And I was able to see into our like back room area, uh, which was just like a really long hallway. And I, from what I know, that store was not taken care of in the end at all. Like as in, I don't know about the AC, but I know the heat was not running during the winter. If you all can believe that, uh, they were just like. There was lowered ceiling tiles that had gotten drenched, so they had, like, water damage, and some were missing. Uh, There was just, like, I remember just, like, just so piles of, like, broken game consoles in in clear view. Um, Not, like, not even, like, cool-looking. Like, it's just, like, it looked like junk. It looked like garbage was just there, you know? Um, And even, from what I know, the, the... the deals, the prices weren't as good. I remember when I went, like, the last purchase I made, I think I bought some Xbox games because um, I was really into collecting Xbox a few years ago. And, I mean, the price on that were fine because this was about three years ago when original Xbox games were mostly worthless and they were pretty cheap. And then the guy working there recognized me, so he gave me a little bit of a discount, which I didn't even need. I was kind of trying to just go in incognito, but he put me down. I was like, okay, fine. Yep, that's all good. Thanks. <laughs> so... I guess, yeah, you know, th- things are going to come to an end there. Um, it's sad because I I really I really like local game shops. As much as I don't like GameStop, I also don't want them to go away because they're the closest to a local game shop that most places are going to have. Uh, one example being like, you know, I because I've ha- I grew up with so many local game stores, I don't really like GameStop that much. And my brothers, for example, they did not grow up with local game stores. They live in a place where the two places you can buy video games are Walmart and GameStop. So for them, when I say I don't like GameStop, they're like, why? GameStop's awesome. It's great. It's great. I'm like, GameStop is great for you all because the only other option you have is Walmart. And Walmart is boring. That's why you all say that GameStop is good. But if you had access to the other places and you grew up with what I grew up with, you would see that GameStop is not a good company and that they're not a good store. But I'm also not really going to ruin your excitement because I understand this is the only thing that you have. I am just doing my old man ranting here. So rest in peace to my old game shop. You know, good things have to come to an end sometime. And, uh, 
as unfortunate as it is to say, I guess, uh, you know, it had more bad years than it had good years. I I feel incredibly blessed to know that I worked there probably during the peak of it, probably when it was at its greatest, probably during the twilight of it all. And it hurts to know that it, I'm not saying it was me. Like, I no, 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 I'm not giving myself th- this much credit. But from what I observed when it came to pricing, when it came to the way things were handled, when it came to management the boss when it when it came down to all of that it all seemed to go downhill after i left and again i'm not saying that i was the reason why the store failed because that's absolutely not the case it was just purely coincidental and if it wasn't then it was i would say six seven months after probably six or seven months i would say like after i i left that's that's when that's when you at least saw the beginnings of the end. And then it just got worse and worse. It could have been something awesome, man. It could have been something awesome. Uh, you can still have a pretty successful, pretty awesome game shop, even in current day. You'll probably hate yourself a bit. Uh, it's going to be very stressful. But it's possible. <laughs> so I guess for the last thing here, it's uh, games I'm currently playing. And really, you know what? I'm going to be honest with you all, I've been actually pretty busy this month, so I haven't had that much time to play anything. Uh, But I'm still, Monday through Friday, I'm playing my Ring Fit Adventure, uh, because I actually finally finished Ring Fit Adventure last month. That is, I can say physically the hardest game I have ever played, (laughs) but it was great. So now I'm doing pretty much the New Game Plus option on there, which is going through the same worlds, uh, slightly different storyline and such, because it's like... You, you pretty much finished the main quest. I don't want to spoil it, but you finished the main quest, so now it kind of just references the old stuff, and you're kind of just going through it for fun, and you're doing, you know, harder things and all that. Uh, so that's been great. And then I've been replaying NG, uh, because I felt like replaying that. I did just pick up uh, Resident Evil Village, although I literally, I popped it into my PS4, because I don't have a PS5 yet. I popped it into my PS4, I downloaded the latest update, I installed the game, I installed uh, RE Versus or RE Verse. I think Reverse, that's it. And that's it. I haven't done anything else. (laughs) Maybe tonight I'll play it, maybe tomorrow. I'm going to try and see. Uh, But either way, that's been about it for me. Uh, Because I'm blanking on the other games. I don't have my Switch on me right now. I'll just be, I'll I'll be so honest on it. I don't got my Switch on me at the moment. So uh, I think I might have, I don't remember if I mentioned this here. No, I did not. But uh, the other game I finished is It Takes Two, which if I did not mention that, uh, I did finish that last month with uh, one of my good friends. Uh, Her and I end up playing it because we played through A Way Out together. And I contacted her at one point. I was like, hey, uh, you know, this this new game is from the same people. Do you want to play it? And she wasn't sure at first. I was like, well, get this. It's the exact same as in I can buy the game and you can just mooch off my copy, even like digitally. So the game was a lot longer than I thought it would be. And it's funny because I actually heard the exact opposite. There were people where they're saying, they're like, yeah, it's really short. It's really short. I'm like, well, how short is it? They're like, oh, it's like eight or ten hours. I'm like, that's not really short. Like, really short to me is four, like five hours or less. Um, but this game was longer than I thought it would be. It takes, uh, um, not that, but A Way Out was a shorter game from what I experienced. And I've played through it a couple times. But It Takes Two, it was funny. It was well done. Uh, honestly, the most creative game I have played in years. 
And there were multiple times I was crying, like just laughing so hard. I was just like crying or just like in pain, like doubled over in pain from laughing. So if you can get another person to play this with you, either digitally or locally, get this game. It Takes Two is so good. Uh, I can say without doubt it's my favorite game that I've played this year. So that's about it for me. Uh, that's about it for this episode, I would say. You know... At the end of these episodes, I do like to have a keyword, and if you use this keyword or this key phrase, uh, then I will know that you made it to the end of this episode. So, uh, you know what? I'm. How about? Because I'm. I'm holding this. I've been playing around with this in my hand for the past like ten minutes, right? I have an adapter right here, but if we use, how about the word adapter? If you use the word adapter. In the comment on the YouTube upload, I will know when I read it that you've made it to the end of this episode of Mario's Minute. Uh, I am currently holding a, uh, you know, female USB to USB type C adapter. So I have used this to hook up like flash storage to my phone, uh, use like my YubiKey on my phone, for example, uh, even just like really just phone stuff and all honestly like it came with my pixel all right uh but yeah adapter if you use that word adapter i will know that you made it to the end anyways that is about it for this episode of mario's minute i hope you all enjoyed it i hope you all are staying safe out there having a great time and uh you know just doing what you all do best and what you enjoy doing anyways this is mr mario signing off thank you all for listening and watching everyone until next time